Praise God. We have got your Bible. Let's just turn to Matthew. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. It's going to read three verses from there. Well-known verses. Amen. All right, let's go. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious word. Help us to rightly divide it, understand it, and apply it this morning. Thank you for your goodness. To us we pray that no unclean spirit will stop this word from achieving that for which you've purposed it. Thank you. You give us ears to hear and the spirit of revelation that our eyes might be enlightened, that we might have revelation this morning, which only you, Holy Spirit, can grant. We receive you in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let your light shine before me. Now we all know that and it speaks about good works and doing good works. But is letting your light shine before men just doing good things, good stuff, all right? And if not, I believe it is, but not just good stuff. It's all dependent on how we go about it. If we really do shine a light before men. Remember, Christ said, I'm the light of the world. And he came and he was that light. The people who've walked in darkness have seen a great light. Remember, spiritual light is different from natural light. The Bible says, in your light we see light. That explains a bit how there was light before God created light, if you can understand it. But you see, you and I, the moment we get born again, a light is put on inside of us. We become children of the light. Right? And the title for this message is Burning Bright. Burning Bright. You see, the moment we say yes to the Lord, He is the light of the world. In a sense, the candle inside us is lit set alight. We are the light. We become light. See, in the spiritual darkness. But that light, if I can put it this way, can vary in intensity. Alright? Let your light shine before men. There's something we have to do. And the point is this, that God wants us to shine as brightly as possible. Can you all say Amen. amen. So it's not just a case of doing good works because then you would say, oh, well, the more works I do, the brighter I'm shining. That's not necessarily the case. Amen? That's not necessarily the case. You see, we have to tend that light that is within us. We're talking about our spirit being. We have to tend that light. And depending on how you and I tend that light will determine how bright we shine spiritually. Amen? You can have a very dull light. Am I right? You can have a very dull light inside of you. And if we don't do anything, that light will get dull and duller and duller until eventually it can actually go out. Amen? It can go out. Sad to say, many, many people have known the Lord. I think of my cousin. At one stage he got born again and he was so on fire for God. He tried to speak to his whole family and bring them all in. It didn't really work, but 
few months ago, I bumped into him again, heard from him, and he's, he's lost it. He's lost it completely. That life that was in him, sad to say, has gone out. But you see, we're not talking about letting that light go out. We're talking about not only burning, but burning brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen? And you can read the scripture and say, wow, that's wonderful, and just leave it at that. But obviously, there's something we have to do. And you see, it's very important to know exactly what you and I have to do. Amen. Amen. Once you know what to do, what then? My job is over. Amen. I wash my hands. Praise God. No, the responsibility is for us to actually put it into practice. And it's not too difficult. Let me just say that. It's possible for any human being to burn brightly for God. To burn brightly for God. There needs to be a lifestyle. Just remember, whenever you and I are coming into contact with people, the light that is in us is affecting them. Whether you say anything or not, did you know? I remember once when I was operating in the hospital, had to walk from one end of the hospital to the other. So I was on my way to that side of the hospital. On the way, it was night actually, there was a call out quite late at night. I was walking along the passageway. I came to a door and the Holy Spirit said, go in there. This was in a different part of the hospital. So I just got the nudge and I went in there. There were people there and I prayed for them and I carried on with my business. I heard later on from one of the nurses that those people said, when I came in, they saw a light around my head. Did I go in there and sort of find a remote put in the light? No, I just carried on doing what I always do or did, you see. And can I just say something? They maybe saw that light, but the same light is around each one of us. Did you know that? Maybe it's not seen necessarily, but it's there. Amen. I'm not trying to be special. I'm just saying we all have the light, but that light needs to burn brightly. That's really very important. And how do we do it? Well, let me just say this. There's a pattern involved. All right, there's a pattern involved for you and I to tend this light and get it to burn brightly. And I don't think it's anything that we don't know about in this church. But what I'd like to do, as a type, if you can call it that, and as an illustration, is just to go to this passage in Old Testament where the fire falls from heaven. The whole story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Kings. And I want to read... 1 Kings from chapter 18, 10 verses from there. And there's a pattern here. So what I want us to pick up, not expecting us to call down far from heaven wherever we go, thank God for that, but you all know the story. This took years in preparation. Elijah, the Tishbite, warns Ahab, no rain until at my word. And three and a half years later, there's no rain. Elijah comes onto the scene, summons all the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. There in Haifa, as it's known in Israel today. And then they have this showdown. And he says, okay, you prophets get your oxen and you slaughter them and you put them on the sacrifice and you get your gods to burn the sacrifice up. They spend the whole day dancing around, cutting themselves, weeping, wailing. Nothing happens. Elijah laughs at them. Ah, your gods asleep, your gods asleep. Okay, he really puts it to them. But then... Elijah steps onto the scene, okay? So let's read it from verse 30. This is 1 Kings 18. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, 
and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of God had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. Okay, so it was very wet. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Right, that's the turning point. And consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and they licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the book Kishon and executed them there. Right, so what I wanted to share is this, that the fire fell, okay, the fire fell. But before the fire fell, there had to be preparation. I mean, there had to be preparation. Now, let me explain it this way. The light that shines in you and I has got to have fuel. All right? There's something we have to do. It doesn't just happen automatically. And the question is, what do we have to do? It's not entirely up to us, but there's something we have to do. There's preparation involved. Okay? And if I can put it very simply, the preparation we should be involved with is the process of allowing the Word of God to fill us. Amen? That Word of God is the fuel that lights the fire. Amen? The Word of God in you and my heart. It's not just a case of intellectual knowledge. It's a case of allowing the Spirit of the Word to actually infiltrate us. Amen? And what I need to say is that with Elijah here, it takes a lot of effort. Can you imagine one man slaughtering a bull, putting it on the altar, repairing the altar, getting 12 heavy stones, getting the wood, getting all the water, pouring it out? Quite a job. There's a preparation involved. But the point I'm trying to make is, before the fire could fall from heaven, there was preparation involved. It didn't just suddenly happen. As you and I involve ourselves with the Word of God, what's happening is, we are putting inside our spirit man the fuel necessary for the fire to burn, for the light to shine. Have you all got that? It's really important. But it's not just reading the Bible. It's not just having Bible knowledge. It's actually involving ourselves with the Bible and meditating on the Word, allowing that Word access into our spirit being. Okay? It's really important. The more time we spend allowing the Word of God to infiltrate our spirit being, 
the more material we have inside of us for the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about now, to ignite. I remember I learned this in quite a dramatic form. Once I was with a music team, we were based in Mashiringo of all places, it used to be Fort Victoria. Small band, three people, amateurs, musicians, we got together and we did a tour in that area. We went down to South Africa, to Limpopo province, and we were involved with the school there. Messina, a lot of the kids from Zimbabwe went down to that school there. Anyway, so we had a, a concert at the school, and we were driving down to the concert, and I, much to the horror of the people in the car that were with me, had my Bible on the steering wheel, open to the book of Psalms, you see. That part of the country is very flat and long, so they complained to me afterwards. They said, I'm a danger to the highway. But anyway, I'd be driving, and I'd just look down at a psalm, and I'd meditate on the word, you see. When we got there, that's all I did. I went and sat under a bush, and I meditated on the word, meditated on the word. Because I had to speak to a whole lot of teenagers, high school kids, and I didn't have a clue what I'm going to say. I mean, anyway, we had our little concert. We weren't the greatest orchestra on the face of God's earth, but we did our bit. There was somewhat of an anointing there. And then I got up to speak. To this day, I haven't got a clue what I said. But when I was finished, most of the kids were on the stage all crying and weeping, and the Holy Spirit pitched up. That's all I can say. Now, why? It wasn't because of some great skill that Graham had. Definitely not. But what it was is, that the word of God was so much in me, part of me, that God set it on fire. And as a result of that, we got kicked out of the school. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, my soul. You know, dear me, my life. We got banned to the junior school. Went down to the junior school. All Afrikaans has preached my first Afrikaans sermon. Can you believe it? I preached a gospel message in Afrikaans. And every single kid in the junior school gave the heart to the Lord. Can you believe it? Anyway, I was on a roll. But what I'm trying to say is, it was the word in my spirit, not my brain, in my spirit. Do you get it? And you and I can be the same. Okay, it's not some sort of weird and wonderful thing. It is wonderful, and maybe some would call it weird. But if you and I are filled with the word of God, it's almost inevitable wherever you go, it will rub off. Amen? But notice something, it will rub off. I would love to have a car you don't have to fill up, wouldn't you? But unfortunately, it's not the case. Whatever you do, wears the word off. I mean, it does. And if we don't replenish, we don't replenish, what will happen is that light, no matter how great an experience you might have had of God, as a person, that light will go out. That light will go out. So you see, we have a responsibility. As we all know, nothing new. But you see, if you understand these things, that responsibility becomes a joy. You see, when you and I are filling ourselves up with the Word, as we meditate on the Word, and it's a skill that we learn, right? The more you and I do it, the easier and the more joy it becomes. I encourage us not to get into the habit of just reading our Bible, oh, I've read my Bible. Rather read less and meditate more than read so much. Some people want to read the Bible in a year. It's a very honorable thing to do. But if you're going to read this Bible in a year, let me tell you, you are committed to a lot of Bible reading every day. Not that that's a bad thing. And if you have the time, praise God. There's a wonderful lady, Mom Lindsay, from Christ for the Nation. 
She, I don't know how many times she'd go through the Bible in every, her lifetime. Every year she'd go through Every year she went through the Bible. So, I mean, she was really a powerful woman. But you see, we don't all have the time. And if you're going to go through all those chapters every day, you won't spend time meditating. Rather, a portion at a time and meditate on it. Fill ourselves, fill our spirit being with that precious word. It's preparation. The Bible speaks about the water of the word. What did Elijah pour over the sacrifice? Water. Water. Okay, the water of the word. Symbolic of washing the water of the word. And people thought, oh, well, so much water, you can't possibly light up now. But the water of the word is what the Lord needs for that light to take place. All right, but now that's a step number one. Step number one. It's all very well filling the car with petrol, but it has to move. And for that petrol to actually turn the cylinders, whatever that does, has got to ignite. All right, it's got to ignite. And you see, that's where we come to this business where the fire fell. Where did it fall? From heaven. Elijah could not make the fire fall. All right, you and I cannot ignite the spirit man in our own strength. That's where we need to open up to the Holy Spirit. Can you see step number two? Fill yourself with the word and be open to the Holy Spirit. Continually ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. Amen? The Bible says that we must be continually be being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's an initial moment when you say, Holy Spirit, fill me, and something happens. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. It's got to be an ongoing process. What I need to say is that it's the Holy Spirit that ignites what is already in us. Alec was talking about how God helped him with his studies, showed him what to do. The Holy Spirit can only show you what to do if you are filled with the Word. Amen? If we don't have any Word in us, the Holy Spirit's got nothing to ignite, is what I'm trying to say. And Christians very often fall into one of two traps. Either they focus so much on the Word and they ignore the Holy Spirit. Or they're so filled with Holy Spirit, looking for the Holy Spirit, but they neglect the Word. Amen? There's a good pastor's wife said to us, if you just concentrate on the Word, you will dry up. And if you just concentrate on the Holy Spirit, you'll burn up. You see? What do we need? This is my point. We need that perfect mix. Right? Filling with the Word, opening to the Holy Spirit. Filling with the Word, opening to the Holy Spirit, and then the light can shine. Amen? If you and I just focus just on the Word, studying the Word, studying the Word, studying the Word, as good as that is, we can become very rigid. Right? We can become very legalistic. So this doesn't fit into the Word, doesn't fit into the Word, very legalistic. Alright? However, if we just spend our time being filled with the Holy, filled with the Holy Spirit, we can become extremely flaky. Do you know what I mean by flaky? Easily swayed, no substance, very wishy-washy. We have a lot of Christians, let me tell you. They're so busy being filled with the Holy Spirit and getting involved with Holy Spirit meetings and blah, blah, blah. As important as they are, but they become extremely flaky, very floaty. They say things that don't have any substance, haven't got the basis of the word. When somebody stands up to speak, you can sense in your heart whether they have a substance of the word in their life, right? And the great men of God that we know, you know that they've studied the word, they've studied the word, based firmly on the word. When they stand up and they're open to the Holy Spirit, things really happen. 
Amen? And that's what God wants for you and I, that balance between the Holy Spirit and the Word. Okay? Filling ourselves, continuing with the Word, but always being open to the Holy Spirit. And the two work together. The Holy Spirit reveals the Word to us. You try and read the Bible without the Holy Spirit in for a very boring experience. I mean, I had a man say to me, this was quite interesting, actually. In the village where I lived, this guy was a young man growing up a Christian, and he was from the Baptist church, you see. And he was anti-being filled with the Holy Spirit. He was close to the Holy Spirit. The same man said to me, I find the book of Psalms boring. That's what he said. I find the book of Psalms boring. The same man got filled with the Holy Spirit. I met him a year later. He says, I just love the book of Psalms. <laughs> what is the difference? Trying to read with the intellect. All right? Don't throw the intellect away. But just the intellect alone, the Bible can become very dry. With the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us to understand and gives us revelation. Then the Bible comes alive. And when the Bible is alive in you and my heart, then the light is burning. Amen? All hearing me, then the light is burning. Amen. Okay, but now number three, there's another step, and this is really important as well. Please, we've got to grasp this. You see, it's all very well getting the light to burn bright. Okay, but the big issue is what are you going to do with it? Hmm? Stand up on the hill like a Christmas tree. Is that what we're called to do? Set your light on a hill. That's true. But you see, setting a light on a hill is not just presenting it to the world. It's doing something with it. See what happened? Elijah, when the fire fell and he had the attention of the nation, he had the power of God at his disposal, he used it. He used it to kill 450 prophets of Baal, single-handed. Horrible man. <laughs> Horrible man. But you see, what was happening there is Israel had to be turned around, okay? It wasn't a pretty sight, but it was going into complete apostasy. They're going into apostasy. And they had to be changed, turned around. But there was a whole culture of occultic worship and anti-God worship in the nation. And to confront that, you see, it needed the power of God. And you see, to turn it around, it needed bold action. Okay? But you see, the fire fell. And Elijah didn't say just, oh, look at the fire. Isn't it lovely? Let's cook a bra now while we've got God's fire here. Did he do that? Sometimes I get the impression with Christians just want to have the glory cloud on them. Okay? Well, all very well having the glory cloud, but the issue is what you're going to do with it. Are you hearing me? What are we going to do with it? We've got to channel it. When we have the light shining, what are we going to do? Do your good works before men. And that expresses itself in things like deliverance, in healings, in touching people's lives. Amen? When the power of God is on us, it has to be used. You see? Take action. That's what Elijah did. He didn't say, oh, there's a nice display of God's power. Now I'm the man of power for the hour. He used that power for positive and for constructive action. You see? So you and I, here we are, and I'm not saying that we go around killing all the prophets of Baal. Could be put in prison for that. Okay, but anyway, the point is this, that there's a lot of prophets of Baal, so to speak, that need to be torn down. It needs supernatural power. Amen? You see, and that's what letting your light shine before men is. You and I spent our time in the Word, request the Spirit of God to help us 
And then we equip now to get people saved. Amen? We get people saved. Change people's lives. You see, when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a light shining around us, we've got something to offer. Amen. Did you know that? We have something to offer. If we don't have that, guess what? We end up becoming busybodies, doing good, do-gooders. Do you get the difference? You see, there's a difference between doing good under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and just doing good out of the flesh. And to be honest with you, when people come across those who just do good according to the flesh, they really are irritating. They won't say it, but they are. I remember other examples in the hospital there. I was praying for the one kid, and the nurse said, you know, there's this woman that comes around, she wears a big cross, and she prays for the children, and they hate her. I thought, what? I hope they don't hate me. And they said, no, 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 you're fine. But, and what I gathered from her is that when she comes to these poor kids, she just tells them about shame, you know, you're suffering, and God understands your suffering, and you just have to suffer through. And you understand? She had nothing positive to offer. She didn't offer them life. She didn't pray for them to be healed. Can you see the difference? She was doing good works before men, but she wasn't going through this process, I don't believe. She probably didn't understand the need to meditate on the Word. She probably didn't understand the need for the Holy Spirit to ignite that Word inside of us and then go out and have something spiritual of value to offer. You see, does everybody grasp what I'm attempting to say here? We need to be like that. People that have something positive to offer. Amen? Not because of our own ability. Well, our own ability is important, but not just because of ourselves. It's something supernatural, something powerful, something from God. It's the light of God shining in us. And you see, we need to stoke that light all the time. And let me tell you, when you and I start to operate with the light and we see the results and we help people, it encourages us to stoke that light even more. Can you all say amen? amen? So I'm encouraging us all to be people that are children of the light, but not happy just to hide that light under a bushel or let it go to sleep or let it die out. Amen? Amen. amen. But to be people who take the trouble to fill ourselves with the word, avail ourselves of the Holy Spirit and get out there and do the works of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've shared with you. Thank you for your precious word. Help us, Lord, to operate in the power of Almighty God. Thank you for your word available to fill our spirits. Your spirit is available to ignite our spirits. May our wills be ready to take out into the world that which you've put in us, that our lights might shine brightly before men in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise God.